0: Okay, Dave Gentry, C.W. Greer on DWS. Congressman Rodney Davis joins us this morning. How are you, sir?
1: I'm great, Dave and C.W. How are you guys? We're good. Glad to have
0: you with us this morning. How are uh, things going? We had uh, quite a fracas in the Senate over the last uh, couple of days. How are things looking now?
1: Well, I mean, the Senate, I, I stayed up and watched the debate and watched the final vote last night on TV and... Uh, to get the Senate to agree to anything unanimously, especially something as, uh, as, as large as this package, uh, is something I've never seen before. So I think it bodes well for what will happen in the House tomorrow, and I think we immediately get this assistance uh, out to the American people.
0: Are you going to have uh, some kind of birthday party for Nancy Pelosi? I understand she turns 80 today. So
1: Surprisingly, I must have missed the invitation. <laughs> Yeah,
0: that could mm-hmm. be. I never thought about that, but uh, yeah. you hang in there with that. What do you think is is going to happen with this bill? What can uh, Illinoisans look to see out of this?
1: Well, there's 150 billion dollars in this bill that's going to go to our state and local governments. Uh, state governments uh, need uh, need help. Uh, I got to make sure that you know we are able to continue to see our our state governments and our local governments provide. The uh, the resources to their their community and to our constituents, uh, but really, I think what every constituent, everybody uh, that's listening right now needs to know is that there's going to be a direct infusion of cash in the next few weeks to almost every American's account. If you're seventy five thousand dollars, if you made seventy five thousand dollars or less in your 2019 or 2018 tax return, <clears throat> you're going to be eligible to get a uh, a check sent to you. Uh, if you file jointly, double that. Uh, but that will phase out uh, up to uh, about uh, 99000 and 198000 per uh, joint family. Uh, so majority of Americans will see that come into their pockets. And we also, we also gave the first-ever Main Street assistance. Uh, we've created innovative programs that are going to be able to allow for our banks to access capital to, to, to actually get money directly to our Main Street businesses that are hurting the most. It's those businesses in downtown Champaign and Urbana that are hurting because they, they rely on walking traffic, and they're the ones that are going to get some innovative approaches that if they keep their doors open, they keep their people employed, and they're ready to go once this is over, they're going to be eligible for some loan forgiveness, which is the first time that I've ever seen that happen in my lifetime.
0: So we've got $1,200 per individual, and then $500 for each child in a family. Is that correct
1: uh, correct uh, based on those income limitations that I said earlier yeah
0: okay unemployment benefits will be extended by 13 weeks and payment amounts will be increased by up to six hundred dollars a week for 16 weeks they're telling us
1: absolutely and, and new grads uh, and, and folks who, who cannot find work uh, who are into the workforce new uh, there's an innovative program there that's going to provide upwards of three hundred dollars a month because we know this is probably the worst time in our lifetime to go looking for a job right now. Uh, And there's also something, too, that I've pushed for for a long time that we were able to get into this bill uh, with the support of uh, Senator McConnell, Senator Schumer, and it's allowing businesses to help retain their employees. They can set up a, uh, a, a student loan repayment program, and the student Uh, the student or the new employee can be exempt from the first $5,250 that that employer gives to them to pay down their student debt. It's a new voluntary private sector approach to retain people and also to help the student debt
0: crisis in this country. Well, aside from uh, disaster assistance with that, this really is the biggest program we've seen since World War II, isn't
1: it? It really is. Uh, To put it into perspective, uh, this this dwarfs the previous stimulus bills and and previous uh, previous uh, other uh, interactions like uh, with the financial crisis and it's needed because you look at what's happening it's hitting Main Street this isn't a bunch of big banks yeah. that decided to over leverage themselves and you know be incapable of of surviving unless they got a cash infusion from the federal government uh, we are seeing our main streets in every community devastated by this virus. And we've got to do better in the future. We've got to plan better. We've got to execute better. And we've got to make sure that we have a better disaster plan in place at all levels of government.
0: Well, it's, uh, it's something to see for sure. And I'm wondering what's going to happen with the banks here. You know, we gave them a lot of money here A few years ago during the economic crisis and a lot of that tarp money was used to just kind of uh, uh, fix the banks bottom lines do we have anything to protect us from this kind of thing this time
1: yes absolutely now our local community banks are going to be the ones distributing the dollars that are in the new and innovative small business administration programs so that people don't have to work through the bureaucracy of government they'll work through their lenders that they're familiar with Uh, the big banks Uh, They were able to to be saved with TARP long before I got to Congress, and that money ended up being paid back eventually. Uh, But we put precautions in this bill in the Senate that is going to have accountability measures. People aren't going to be able to do stock buybacks. There's limits on executive compensation if, uh, if any of these dollars are taken, and that's both at you know, the airline level, and and also, I would assume, also the uh, the hospital level, too.
0: I heard some criticism. Hospitals
1: in this country, hospitals will get $100 billion because of being forced to cancel elective procedures, which really, Dave and CW, are their moneymakers.
0: Yeah. Uh, what do you think about, uh, I was uh, just going to ask you something, and I lost my train of thought on it, uh, last time around, we saw this happening. How's this coronavirus affecting you personally? What have you seen out there?
1: Well, I've seen many of my colleagues, uh, you know, be infected or uh, have to be quarantined because they were around people who were infected. I-, I will tell you, I made a great decision not to follow my schedule two weeks ago Friday. I was supposed to be in a two-hour meeting uh, with uh, Steve Scalise and a group of others on our WHIP team, and th- that's the one that... Uh, my good friend Mario Diaz-Balart was at and all of those folks are in a two-week quarantine. I decided to go buy my wife some running shoes that day <laughs> at the same time and I, I missed that meeting. I, I was kind of glad I did. Yeah, it sounds uh, that way. But, you know, the only effect I've had is a phone call verifying if I was there or not and and what what I was doing that day, what my interaction with my good buddy Mario was. Uh, but it's affecting, you know, regardless of how it's affected me, it's affected so many people. I mean, my wife gets up every day and goes to work at a hospital where I know that they uh, they they are most likely, our healthcare professionals are the ones that deserve all the credit. They're the ones most likely to be exposed to this virus, and they go in day in and day out to do their job.
0: Congressman, I know you've been working very hard. Uh, all of your colleagues been working very hard on the immediate, but let's say once we get on the backside of all of this, and everybody's very optimistic, including our president, that uh, the economy will bounce back pretty quickly and things will start to, to return to some semblance of normal. But has there been any discussions about uh, maybe a second stimulus plan or what may happen if the economy doesn't bounce back as quick as expected?
1: Well, I think we gotta figure out if these three work before. Remember, the one we're gonna vote on tomorrow is the third one. Okay. Uh, we did phase one on, that was signed into law on March 6, $8.3 billion. We did phase two on March 18th that was signed into law. Uh, that was is estimated to cost $100 billion. Uh, those programs were the initial infusion we needed to get to this phase three. Uh, I think we've got to see what works. I, I like the president's optimism, too. Why wouldn't we say to Americans, we want this to be over by Easter? Mm -hmm. Why would we tell them, no, this is going to last in perpetuity? Uh, I I mean, I think our economy can rebound much faster also. Number one, because our basic backbone of economic growth and low unemployment was already there. And after we've been cooped up in our homes for for upwards of three weeks, I think we're all going to be itching to go out to (laughs) eat for multiple days in a row.
0: Yeah, no doubt. All right, Congressman. Anything else you want to share with us while we're here?
1: Well, I just want to say I want to say thank you to the governor. Right now, uh, I argued and, and debated with uh, his team and his administration for two and a half days to get them to relax a rule that allowed for our hospitals to not have to treat MRSA patients who were not contagious, who were what they call colonized. Uh, we we argued that they didn't need to be in isolation room and using up vital personal protective equipment just to go in and feed them or take them to the bathroom. So after a few days, the governor, uh, his team acquiesced and and relaxed that rule, which increased our available personal protective equipment usage at every hospital in in Illinois uh, by upwards of 40 to 50 percent. It's things like that that we can come together at the federal and state level to do that really allow our health care professionals to do what they do best, which is to take care of patients.
0: How are we doing with that personal protective equipment at this point? What have you seen?
1: Well, we're not, we're not doing as well as we should be doing. We should be better prepared. And after this is all over, I think we need to take a hard look at the federal, state, and local level how to better prepare for something like this. The South Koreans were much better prepared because they went through the SARS crisis that the United States didn't. And they were ready. Uh, we need to do the same. We need to invest in planning. And we need to make sure that every level understands what their role is. So uh, the PPEs, uh, why we still do not have enough, uh, we're America. And we will get enough because we have manufacturers now like Mike Lindell at Pillow. He's turned his factory into a mask-making machine. Uh, those are the types of those are the types of things that we're going to see here, and I think we'll probably have an overabundance of PPEs after this is over. And, and to, to that, I say good. Let's make sure we keep them in a nice, safe, uh, you know, non-humid place, <laughs> yeah. and let's let's roll them out for the next time.
0: All right, Congressman Randy Davis, thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it.
1: Hey, thanks, guys. Take
0: okay, care. take see care. You. We got more coming up on DWS.